0: Hey, Peter. Uh, Peter. Yes, Michael? What's that over there? I don't see where. Over there? Mm. Uh, Yes, let me see. Mm. Uh, uh, Oh, dear. Oh, dear, I do believe that's sacred cows? Sacred
1: cows? Oh, there goes the neighborhood.
2: In a world where the human race has nearly unlimited access to all forms of media... Mankind faces its greatest enemy. I've come for a vengeance. A looming threat. Can you look at that? What is that? A paralyzing choice. You have eight choices. Choose incorrectly, and I cannot be held responsible for your suffering. Is the next movie in my queue good? Or bad.
0: Hey, do you guys want to watch Geely?
2: A war that threatens our very existence. We have come to take over your world. And it will be fought over. Cows. (laughs) Uh, one podcast dares to make sense of it all. So you don't have to. This is the Sacred Cows Podcast. And now, welcome your hosts...
0: Hi everyone, I'm Pete. Hi, and I'm Mike. Thanks, disembodied disembodied voice guy. guy. By the way, disembodied voice guy,
2: what are you? I'm half man, half scary voice. I'm a moist.
0: Uh, you might want to think of a different name for yourself, I think.
1: Yeah, I don't think that means what you think it means. Yeah... Uh, I'm leaving. Well, now that disembodied voice guy has left the building... I hope. ...we can get down to business. I'm Mike. And I'm Pete. And we're the Sacred Cows Podcast. So you might be wondering, what have you gotten yourself into? What are we all about? Well, we're here to talk about movies. That's right. Movies that you remember. Movies you might try to forget. Movies that you may have been forced to watch as a child and uh, desperately, desperately are getting them out of your mind. Uh, movies that are stuck forever in the warm cockles of your heart and so you might be wondering uh, are these movies good or are these movies bad or is it worth going back and watching them or do i just let the rose-colored glasses on them well is, is the movie good or is it the memories that are good right well this podcast is going to be a discussion of all that once a month we're going to watch a movie and we're going to talk about it together
0: that's right, that's right. A, a group exploration of our childhood, essentially. So the idea is that we're a bi-weekly podcast. Uh, on
1: the first part of the podcast, is going to be Pete and I talking about the movies, sometimes maybe having a special guest. And on the off week, we'll be taking uh, your reader mail, or tweets, or whatever way you want to interact with us, questions... And uh discussing that with you, possibly doing chats in the future and things like that that's right then
0: we'll we'll also tell you what movies we're going to be watching next, so you know how you want to interact and watch them along with us. so it's going to be a fun journey together, I think, and I'm pretty excited to get started. How about you, Mike? Oh, definitely, definitely.
1: Let's just tell you a little bit about ourselves and uh and what we like to do what 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 we're all about. Go ahead, Pete.
0: Well, thank you. My name's Pete, as I mentioned before. I am a <laughs> technical writer, which let me tell you, if I ever catch up with you at a cocktail party, I will absolutely charm you with uh, stories of my profession. But uh, nerd for life, essentially. Uh, New father also, so I still try to keep some of those pursuits in there. Um, But, you know, I've I've always loved watching movies of a certain type. I'm big into comedies, science fiction, and uh, other action and adventure type stuff, so uh, that's uh, kind of what I have going from my childhood, and I'm looking forward to re-exploring some of those titles. My name's Mike, as mentioned before,
1: and I work in information technology. Yeah, I just have a love for movies, uh, all the way from, like, uh, art house films to, you know, just simple farces, which is kind of what we'll be talking about today. Yeah, my parents, when I was a kid, nurtured a love of movies in me that uh, carry with me today. But yes, I also have the questions about... Are these movies that we look back on any good? Mm-hmm.
0: Because children will eat up any old crap, right? Exactly. We have to see if they still are fresh. Exactly. So, with that, let's get to the movie. Spaceballs is the topic today. Spaceballs. Spaceballs. It's fun to say. Spaceballs. Spaceballs. So uh, the movie we're watching today, or we have watched, is Spaceballs, and that means if you haven't watched the movie yet, press pause and go watch that thing. How long is it, Mike? 90 minutes. Get over over with. That's right. That's right. Take the earbuds out and watch it and come back, because we're probably going to spoil it a bit. If you're wondering how it
1: works, we're going to talk about it, things in the movie that we found interesting. Hopefully they get some ideas flowing in your brain so you can ask us questions and we can interact about it on the next podcast that we record. And at the end, we're going to decide if this podcast or sorry, decide if this movie is still sacred, bovinus sanctorum, or not sacred and will be put out to pasture, or bovinus excommunicado.
0: And Pete, excuse my pronunciation on those. That is just fine. You you sound like it came right out of the seminary.
1: There we go. I am bald.
0: <laughs> so uh, Spaceballs, this is uh, probably, arguably the most popular of Mel Brooks's titles, uh, and I think it's kind of worth it to just kind of talk about Mel Brooks' movies in general, because, uh, well, what can I say? They're one of a kind. I yeah, I, I, I think I've seen... I haven't seen every
1: Mailbooks movie. I know you have, but every one I've ever seen I've enjoyed.
0: He's he's had a really long career, starting with some movies like, I think it's called 12 Chairs. I didn't actually see that one. And uh, The Producers, which are maybe more like straight mainstream comedy films. Uh, Then he starts to get into the spoofing business with uh faux western like blazing saddles young frankenstein this is probably the high watermark of his career at this point and of course space balls to catch on to the a little late albeit catch on to the star wars craze yeah yeah and uh if you've noticed even though
1: most of his parody movies tend to attack one subject at a time um they sort of just have one overarching subject they attack. Under the surface, other jokes referring to other things that are similar in the genre that they're looking at.
0: Plenty of pop culture references abound, even, though, even those that are not related to Star Wars. For one thing, Spaceballs is a 1987 movie. And I've never seen a movie that was made in the 80s where I said, gee, I wonder what decade this was made in. Obviously, everything's very 80s in it, which, uh, you know, kind of something I always happen to pounce upon when I see it in a movie, but you know, we are products of the 80s, and so we're going to be looking at a lot of 80s movies on this podcast.
1: Oh, you mean so VHS tapes weren't the thing that just, the only thing that clued you in that
0: this was made in the 80s? Well, there were a couple of things. Perhaps the fact the the, the endurance during popularity of Van Halen into the future was perhaps another tip. For oh God, me. yes. Although it's not the future, it's a long, 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 long time ago, or, or whatever. It I was. think they said a very, very, very long, very, time very, 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 very long time ago. So, so I don't know. Perhaps the popularity of Van Halen in the '80s was a revival of sorts. I don't know.
1: Okay, so uh, what else did you want to talk about with regards to like Mel Brooks movies
0: in general? Well, the this is something that came out. A little while ago, but just the fact that you don't really see movies like Mel Brooks movies anymore, and that's probably due to the fact that uh, being unpolitically correct as he is in basically all of his movies has kind of seen its day in the sun and, and uh, been put out to pasture. Uh, just as, as the consciousness of the country won't accept that kind of stuff anymore, will accept extremely crass uh, envelope pushing in other movies, but not <sighs> if it's not if it's politically incorrect. Certainly not.
1: Mm. Well, I mean, uh, you could argue that the, the Mel Brooks movies
0: are like the genesis for like your scary movie or indeed things indeed. like that. The 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 topic, or I should say, the formula is very similar. Just uh, the envelope pushing, the like. Why go for the big laugh when you can just pepper the dang thing with a bunch of little tiny chuckles, you know? And, and arguably, the scary movies are not particularly funny in any way, but that could just be because America has moved on from that sort of a format. I'm not certain that, that uh, uh, a Mel Brooks movie today would be as successful as it had been in the past.
1: Well, I almost think it's like uh, America's more going for for lower brow. And don't get me wrong, Spaceballs and all these Mel Brooks kind of movies are low brow humor. Right. But it's like low brow smart humor, whereas now we're just like, hey, guess what number one movie in America is? Dumb and Dumber
0: 2. That's right. It's about as slapstick as you can get. You know, base humor. That being said, I think sight gags and pratfalls definitely uh, prominently manifest themselves in Mel Brooks movies. No laugh is too cheap for Mel Brooks. If he can, if he's he's happy enough just to get you know half the audience to crack a smile, I think with some of his attempts.
1: Yeah, but sometimes I mean, even then too, with Mel Brooks, he'll set up a joke so far in advance and it doesn't pay off until way later and that's sort of like your arrested development genesis type things there where it's like you know why is that thing shaped like that you know and then like oh 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 yeah
0: it's long game humor for sure (laughs) we'll definitely
1: be pointing out some some funny examples when we start talking about scenes and space balls and it was
0: great for that Mm -hmm, for sure last thing i want to say about mel brooks dracula dead and loving it totally sucked and as you can see it killed his movie career so and poor leslie nielsen (laughs) and him yes (laughs) so sure so uh why don't we talk about personal background a little bit mike does spaceballs have a special place in your heart by any chance well truth be told it was really the first kind of movie like this that i
1: ever watched as a kid Uh, not saying you know a space movie but first kind of movie that was sort of a parody of something I really knew and understood and loved I remember seeing this on HBO when I was a kid we had HBO I remember that it's like this is like Star Wars but goofy and of course when it came out I was just a tiny kid, so I didn't understand half the jokes, but there's still enough to keep the kid entertained in this movie, that's for sure. I, I I got it as a Christmas present when I got my first player that I paid for with my own money when I was a teenager and watched it again and, and you know got it on a
0: whole other level at that point. So that's really where I come from with this movie. How about you Pete? Well yeah, this uh like you know, we said this movie came out in nineteen eighty seven, Star Wars had already been out for several years, but to a guy like me who was born in nineteen eighty two it just kind of felt like Spaceballs and Star Wars had both always been there. So I was already a big Star Wars fan. I saw this, I think, uh, visiting my grandma and my dad was there watching it and he just loves to laugh at silly stuff. So there he is guffawing away and I'm like, well, this is kind of like Star Wars and dad's like, yeah, this is a, a parody of Star Wars. This is a movie making fun of Star Wars. Well, I've loved it ever since then. I watch it Fairly often, maybe like every. uh, I've seen it about a dozen times, I would guess. And it was funny as a kid. It's got jokes for that age group. And obviously, it's got jokes that appeal to an older audience, as I learned this time watching it with a fresh, older set of eyes. Yeah, I think this is probably the first time I've seen this movie not edited for television really yeah i think so because i would always watch it it seems like i'd always catch this movie while it was on tv so there are some words that i don't remember hearing in it huh let's put it that way i guess i've never seen it edited for television i mean hbo or hell no yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's it was a different experience.
1: Huh. Well, how was your recent viewing experience with this, Pete?
0: You know, I really liked it. Uh, I, I I probably, I will say, mm, how do you say this gracefully? Consumed three black Russians while watching it. So I oh. was rather punchy uh, for all the jokes. But then again, you know, stone sober. I love to laugh at what my wife would call the most utterly elementary school level jokes. Mm-hmm. So you know, th- this was a perfect movie for just rapid fire. Bam, 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 bam. Silly humor. It's like jokes per minute mm-hmm. that's, how that's many right it yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's definitely got at least one per minute i think and so i was just kind of chuckling the entire time that i saw it i loved it what did you think i kind of watched it by myself uh, i wasn't like uh drinking or anything but no i, I enjoyed it
1: the experience anyway still not 100 percent sure on on where i'm sitting on everything but uh you know we'll get that to that in the deep discussion section. Yeah, as far as my viewing experience it was pretty damn good when I actually got to sit and watch a movie instead of having to try to, you know, fit it into something else or or whatever. So, Pete, do you bring any any baggage, any preconceived
0: notions about this before we start talking about it and before we get to the big decision? I used to be a much bigger obsessive Star Wars fan than I used to than I am now. There were some things about the movie back in the day that bugged me, like all of the references to Star Trek, uh technology which kind of annoyed me. The 80s were a much fresher time period, I suppose, back when I, you know, was watching this movie at its heyday so i guess i just didn't know what to expect i thought i figured there would be some things that really aged it i figured there would be some things that i didn't find as funny as i did when i was a kid so that was kind of the kind of thing i was looking for when i watched it all
1: right well uh for me it had been such a long time since i watched it because i think i oh when i got it on dvd when i was uh, in high school um I watched it like two or three times and that is it since then mm. uh, so it has been such a long time since i've watched it so the baggage i had will be like anybody else would be you know, is it still funny is it relevant is it way too stuck in in the 80s is it you know what what is it so um you know i watched it from from that lens i guess we'll see how it goes so let's get into the deep discussion
0: So, Once Upon a Time Warp, our movie begins. Begins with the funny right away. Let me tell you, Mel Brooks doesn't waste any time just throwing the little jokes out there. This movie is obviously parodying Star Wars, so he gives us our scrolling text with the, you know, just goofy little jokes absolutely right away. Not least of which the fact that this is Chapter 11. Uh, Let's be honest here, I think... Of course, it is, it's parroting Star Wars, but it's parroting every part of Star Wars. Yes, absolutely. Like, it,
2: the, to,
0: from just, I mean, practically from the Lucasfilms limited part of the movie, it's just going for it. The whole thing of Star Wars is Lucas realizing that, okay, I can make
1: a good story, but it's all about the merchandising mm-hmm. from the very beginning. Merchandise. You notice that there's Spaceballs branded stuff everywhere Mm -hmm. Absolutely uh, To the point where obviously later in the movie They beat you over the head with it But that's
0: what the movie's really about Is merchandising a blockbuster movie They're making fun of the plot of Star Wars They're making fun of the Star Wars phenomenon basically Right But the
1: cool part about Spaceballs is that they also, like, okay, these are other famous science fiction things
0: that were happening in the 80s, and let's also parody those. That's right. It was his uh, opportunity to get all of the jokes he had floating around at that time out because his next movie would be, what, Men in Tights in in 1993? Yeah, the plot is, like, threadbare. Mm -hmm. I mean... (laughs) Absolutely, this is generic science... Fiction plot essentially. Oh, and then let's just pad the running length with a joke every thirty seconds. Which, <laughs> wait, it's a formula I like. So uh,
1: speaking of running length, I, I did enjoy the very first thing with like the the ship just like showing the ship, and then it keeps showing it, and the ship is so goddamn with the long.
0: Jaws theme playing. Mm-hmm. Yep, the ship, the shot, uh the pan shot, which you'll recognize as the first scene from Star Wars a New Hope only really lengthened. Uh takes takes a whole minute or something like that. And
1: it's ridiculous. And then of course you know it's a it could be taking itself
0: uh sort of seriously. Except for the We Break for Nobody bumper sticker oh, on God, the back yeah. of the stick. Yeah. On the ship. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny. Yeah, the the one thing that I noticed
1: about, about the space balls themselves when we're on the ship and we're uh, Rick Moranis's
0: character, Dark Helmet. Mm-hmm. Just how ridiculous their costumes are. That's right. the The helmet is I don't even know what to what to describe it as. A large black igloo on Rick Moranis's head. It's just huge. Well, and it's supposed to be the Darth Vader helmet, but not look like
1: it. And I I'll have to look back again, but I swear that like. It says like costume
0: consultant Rick Moranis on, yeah. on, on, there on you the, go. his costume. So so it, he he designed his own costume, uh, and then uh, of course the guy next to him is Colonel Sanders. So no, never a dull moment for Mel Brooks. No, and then all the individual
1: spaceballs—they're wearing costumes that are basically like pleather jumpsuits mm-hmm. with their asses sticking out yep. of like a plastic armor thing
0: because their asses are sticking out for no real reason. It's, it's awesome. a real feast for the eyes, let me tell you. <laughs> so, that some thought went into that too, but obviously visual gags abound, breaking the fourth wall and oh, yeah. any way that they could they could come up with a I mean, a chuckle. Picking on Darth Vader's awesome,
1: uh, you know, strangulation scene. We've got dark helmet like, you know, squeezing the guy's mm-hmm. balls. Absolutely. I, that was brilliant. <laughs> It, it it's uh, it's really something, <laughs> and then the rest, the entire rest of the movie, every time that you know he gets a little angry, everybody
0: like starts holding their nuts so he mm-hmm. can't squeeze them. And yet he's a very insecure villain at the same time. He's always casting his eyes askance, worried that people are basically looking down on him, that kind of thing. Which everybody is because he's about like four foot eleven. So anyway, that's our introduction to the spaceballs. They're clearly the imperial empire of this uh, this film. What is the other... The Druids. The Druidia. Planet Druidia. Which Uh, is basically an excuse to make fun of uh,
1: Jewish people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which Mel Brooks always does in his movies. Well, he he has the the cred to do so, I think. But yeah, uh, kind of kind of a rare political incorrectness for this movie because otherwise he plays it pretty straight and commercial. It's it's a science fiction film, but sure the the Dr- the druish princesses. She doesn't look druish. She doesn't look druish. Yeah, it's funny. But anyway, these are basically the good guys, the Alderanians of this movie, and they have a kind of a medieval society. Dick Van Patten is their leader. I love that guy. Oh. <laughs> it's just funny. But uh, yeah, Princess Vespa's about to get married to Prince Valium, <laughs> who's always yawning, and is uh, he's a real pill, as her companion Dot Matrix the robot says. A Valium pill. Uh-huh. A Valium, yes, yeah. What a pill. Uh, anyway, played by Joan Rivers, we should mention, who is a recently deceased actress of some note. Yeah, something. which
1: I always thought that in this movie she was in the space suit, or in the in the robot in suit, the robot but it's suit. just somebody in a suit that is made to look like Joan Rivers.
0: Yeah, right, which, which it's ironic because she probably, well, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but <clears throat> never mind. <laughs> Looked more plastic out of the suit. Oh, but, which yeah. might have been part
1: of the joke here. It is Mel Brooks.
0: Yeah. And she is also very self-deprecating, Joan Rivers. This was. is true. This is true. So uh so yeah, you you just notice at this point of the movie that the the dialogue is really staged sounding. It's all very unnatural. Everything feels like a stage production, which, you know, hey, Mel Brooks eventually decided his calling was to to put on stage productions and uh, some of his other movies like Young Frankenstein have gone on to become stage productions, a la Spamalot. I assume I never, but, saw
1: but it. I think I mean, it never pretended to not be a parody. Oh, absolutely, and, and not. I think he wanted the acting to be not good, to be stilted. It wasn't not good. It was
0: just like hammy over the top it's very practiced. very self-conscious everything is deliberate all of the all the the deprecating things that i just said are all deliberate and so he pulls it off masterfully and i think it works because of that mm-hmm. obviously
1: the princess doesn't get married that sort of gets the the plot going in the movie um
0: she runs away in her 2001 mercedes yeah. spaceship <laughs> yeah yeah we're introduced to the character's um Lone Star and Barf. Yes,
1: uh, and Barf is uh, is the John Candy character that's a mog, a man and a dog, so he's, he's his, his own, own best friend. friend.
0: <laughs> love it. Yeah, and... Um, they they love Uranus. Their bumper <laughs> sticker clearly says so on their space Winnebago, which is... Uh, uh, a cheap prop, and it's funny as hell. So. I, I, I uh, Yeah, it, it's really spacious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, I've never been in a Winnebago that had that much room in it, but... But the unfortunate thing for Lone Star is that he owes a villainous gangster, blobby gangster, called Pizza the Hut, a million space bucks. And Pizza the Hut is played by Dom DeLuise, who's a Mel Brooks regular in pretty much all of his movies.
1: I think he's actually in every Mel Brooks movie.
0: Yeah, so... Until until he died. Another recently deceased, semi-recently deceased actor. So, man, this movie's just full of them, but then again, it's fairly old. Oh, yeah, we should probably mention John Candy's been dead for, like, 15, 20 years, too.
1: Yeah, who who is the extra that plays Lone Star? The name is escaping me. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Okay, so for hi, for me, I I most memorably think of him being
0: the president in Independence yep, Day. Me too. Me too. I love that movie, but but uh, it's not the same, obviously. No, no, no. This would be not. years before that. This would probably be. I mean, he doesn't even. He gets kind of middle of the of the credit billing in the movie so he must not have been a star at this point well it's interesting yeah you're right that's true it's interesting that you know Lone Star's the
1: hero of the movie and he's not the most memorable character I mean when everybody thinks of Star Wars you think of Han Solo mm-hmm. and you think of Luke Skywalker Luke Skywalker but, and,
0: and Lone Star is kind of a mix between the two characters right he he is but like Han Solo is
1: iconic whereas, Lu, whereas Lone Star just kind of He's a bum. He's he a muddles bum. through everything, yeah, right? you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the accidental hero, for sure. Right. And I don't know if that was intentional or just a commentary on, on the Han Solo
0: character. Just like, what if he was just a schlub? Yeah, right. Which, you know, it could be. he was. With but Mel he, Brooks, he was written as a heroic type. So.
1: But I actually, yes, I, I paid more attention to the side characters than I did Lone Star, to be honest with you. Which is probably, why uh, I have to be honest, when we first started talking about the movie couple minutes ago, I'm like, what the hell is that character's well, name? Yeah,
0: who was that guy? Well, he's certainly not, <laughs> he's not, not barf. the most memorable. He's not Barf. He's not Dark Helmet. He's not any of the other wonderful characters in this movie. But he, he delivers his lines uh, confidently. There's there's still a pretty big character that we have yet to be introduced to, and that would be in Spaceball City, the, the illustrious President Scroob, played uh-huh. by the man himself, Mel Brooks. I love I love President Scrooge because that's the first time we get the spaceball salute, mm-hmm. which yep. is just the... Which doesn't translate well to podcasting, but I still try to do it to as many people as would get the joke as possible. Yes,
1: go ahead and look it up if you haven't watched the movie. I'm you're... doing it right now. Yeah, other
0: than that, okay, so
1: let's just kind of break down the rest of the movie real quick and say what happens. So, basically, the Spaceballs kidnap the princess... Uh, Lone Star and Barf rescue the princess. For money. For money. Uh, They land on the
0: planet uh, that's sandy. The sand planet, yeah, doesn't really need to have a name. But it's Tatooine. It's because (laughs) their ship runs out of gas, I should say, their Winnebago. Because they only put five bucks in. Um, He learns about the Schwartz. Mm -hmm. From Yogurt. Yogurt. who is also Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks uh, dressed and Yo- up to look like a Yoda kind of parody. a golden Yoda
1: yeah and, uh, and it's all about merchandising it's all
0: about the merchandising
1: uh, the space balls end up going to steal the atmosphere from the druids planet because they used all their atmosphere
0: mm-hmm. that that is an important plot point that we were clued into in the intro so it wasn't just a, a bunch of jokes yeah and uh, there's many jokes about
1: that too uh they go uh they try to steal the atmosphere the heroes stop them from stealing the atmosphere happily ever after the end the plot isn't that
0: important in the movie other than a device to set up jokes it really isn't that important to know what's going on in the movie. You're supposed to live in the moment, basically, with this kind of a movie. Laugh at the jokes, uh, get to like the characters or not, whatever. But everybody's very likable because everybody's very funny.
1: Okay, let, let, let's just go over then uh, then some of our, our favorite scenes. I really enjoyed the whole uh, sequence that started with
0: jamming the radar. Yeah, this is a. Uh, so- Mel Brooks has his heavy-handed moments at times when, you know, they're like, let's jam the radar, and sure enough, a jar of jam prominently labeled jam smashes into the radar screen, but that is a delivery method for one of the the uh the wonderful people of the 80s that could only really exist in the 80s i think michael winslow is that his name yes michael winslow or as you might know him the sound effects guy from police academy right the the i've lost the beeps i've lost the sweeps and i've lost the creeps Peter does a pretty good stuff. I'm not going to try that. Well, I'm no Michael Winslow. That uh, That's a memorable part of the movie, absolutely. I uh, I happen to like the part where Dark Helmet is having his ship fire some warning shots across Princess Vespa's nose, and the cross-eyed gunner is almost hitting her, so he's like, who, who in the world is this? Colonel Sanders informs him, he's an asshole, sir. That's right. <laughs> I, asshole huh? yes how many assholes work on this ship major Sir. major asshole gunner gunner's mate first class asshole well, that's right philip asshole myself. that's right yeah so yes and of course he's surrounded by assholes because everybody on the bridge is also an asshole so large family i suppose
1: yeah i i, I think that the next the next part joke that i liked the best was the the whole thing about uh you know, what's beyond hyperspace and, and the whole sequence there when they got plaid and I. That's right. We're going to ludicrous speed. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I did not see it, you know, when I'm watching the, the, the screen that they're watching and they go to light speed and then they go beyond that i'm like what's that pattern and then that's when they flip to what lone
0: star and barf sea, right and you can see plaid there's like- just a, a projection of uh, plaid a tartan on their faces so it's pretty dang funny and then of course when the ship slows down we get one of the things that i probably laughed the hardest at as a kid was rick Moranis flying headfirst into the center console of the ship and smashing his helmet all up well and if
1: you've ever seen honey i shrunk the kids it's the same look on his face afterwards where he just kind of looks all schlubby mm. or, or ghostbusters 2 i should say and he's got the, he crap kicked the same him. big
0: round glasses as he always has on right it's hilarious
1: yes yes there's the the videotape joke which i thought would be one that peter would point out as his least favorite
0: jokes but we should talk about it because of its 80sness Ah uh, yeah, uh, I actually thought the uh, the gozer hair that all of the female characters had, except for Vespa, uh, made it more '80s. Oh, and the fact that Barf listens to Van Halen on his spaceship and that kind of thing.
1: Okay, well, the videotape joke. You know, some of you younger listeners out there might not understand what a videotape is, but you know, you might you might understand what a cassette tape is because
0: of Guardians of the Galaxy or. Whatever they may not know what a video rental service is either. No, Mr. That's true. Re- the Mr. Rental that they pulled the video out of that is true, but mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know, it's one of those most meta moments. And I love I since I, I still have that Spaceballs DVD, and that's what I watched this on. Uh, when you put the DVD in, it's Mr. DVD rental and things like that, so like whoever did the authoring for mel brooks's dvd there obviously recognize already that the references in space some of them are a bit old (laughs) and that they need to make fun of it in the menu that the references they made of are old so it's still you know meta
0: but but it's funny basically the joke is they're at a loss for how to find lone star so they watch the movie that they're currently filming because in the future you can you can rent a movie before it's done being made To find out where it is. And you get this fun part where they're watching themselves because that's what's on the movie. And they're like, what part of the movie is this? This is now. When? Now. That kind of thing. It sets up a great who's on first routine uh, Mm -hmm. that lasts a little while. So that's that's a funny one.
1: I also think there's uh, some of the other nods to other movies are are really great in this movie. And one that I I really like that I... It was another long setup joke. And it's like, where is this going to pay off? Um, jumping forward to the place where the Spaceballs are sucking the air out of the atmosphere in Druidia. Mm-hmm. And so the Spaceball One, the name of the Spaceball Spaceship, uh, changes into a maid outfit. Mega Maid. <clears throat> Mega Maid. And I thought, okay, well, this is definitely, uh, you know, just kind of funny. It's like a maid with a vacuum cleaner. I didn't realize that we're starting to build a joke here. And then when the Spaceball 1 starts to self-destruct, you see that Mega Maid is starting to get, like, the things that jettison the escape pod are
0: her crown pieces on her Mm -hmm. helmet. Because she kind of resembles the The Statue Statue of Liberty Liberty. without the spikes. And so
1: they were setting the jokes up there that, oh, God, this is the Statue of Liberty. And the hand standing up when it was holding, like, the cleaning piece looks like Mm -hmm. the Spaceballs. Looks a bit like the torch Torch. that she holds So when they finally, when Spaceball 1 finally self-destructs, they have all of it fall down on this planet of the, the apes. Beach. Yep, <laughs> with the apes there. Yep, and it turns out to be a
0: screenshot, you know, a Planet of the Apes parody. Mm-hmm. Right at that point, and they're like, "Oh, hey, look, the Statue of Liberty sticking out of the mud is." But they set that up. joke up ten minutes before it actually pays off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> long game stuff. I have to tell you, and that's where we get the line. Spaceballs? Oh shit, there goes the planet. Right, exactly. Just a, a great end cap, kind of there. I see other jokes that are other references, that
1: the scene where uh, Lone Star, Barf, the princess, and uh, Dot Matrix are going to into Yogurt's lair, Mm. is straight up the Wizard of Oz
0: yep absolutely <laughs> yep they've all got their arms locked they want to turn back and of course then Mel Brooks uh, is behind a giant statue of himself going silence and then you get into the merchandising part so right and then uh, even in there it's like hey spa- watch out for Spaceballs too. the search for more money yeah right uh, god willing they'll all meet in Spaceballs 2 the search for more money yes so as you mentioned before, uh, they Melvork's took uh, his, his opportunity to just take a crack at science fiction in general. There's plenty of Star Trek references. They have a uh, the spaceballs have a officer named Snotty, who's a you know very Scottish guy, and they there's this big long joke uh, that seems to play out a little longer each time you see it, where President Scroob is going to use the transporter to get transported to where his other officers are and his head gets on backwards and all that and then he's like forget about it this time I'm gonna walk and you see that it's just in the next room so <laughs> it's funny
1: <laughs> all right no that I, I thought that was great I mean obviously the 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 ass joke um, there's some references to to Star Wars and uh, uh, being somewhat of a film fan myself um, I know that it didn't start here but so in the real Star Wars, on that scene where Luke and Leia are prepared to swing across the maintenance tube or whatever in the desktop, Sure, the,
0: the shaft or whatever.
1: They they swing across, and when they're on the other side, uh, there's a firefight between them and the uh, stormtroopers on the other side. And you hear the one scream like, ah! The Wilhelm
0: scream. The Wilhelm scream, scream. Yep.
1: right. There's a Wilhelm scream in Spaceballs when Barf has the... Thing that reflects the, the the curved pipes that just basically reflect w- the shots back at the bad guys. The last the- guy that gets shot is a Wilhelm
0: scream, right? And, and they also managed to stick the Mario pipes noise into that into that scene where the the laser beams are going through the pipes, right out of Super Mario Brothers, which was a contemporary video game.
1: Yeah, I mean that was 1985, so actually that was
0: less of an old reference than Star Wars itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Oh man, but it's just little things throughout the entire movie. That's it's uh, it's very humor dense.
1: There there are some things that are there that uh, kind of <laughs> uh, ring true today. Um, when they were talking about the uh, getting the code, the access code, in order to be able to access the uh, atmosphere in Druidia, the password being one two three four five. Talking about that being like the password bad password on luggage, and I was thinking, you know, that joke still works because set of passwords on your luggage, you've got passwords on your phone, passwords to everything else, and it's still right. an awful password. Right, and it's you know still, what? Like People a still do a
0: digit number. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's the easiest thing when it's like, pick a pin, uh, okay, one, two, three, four. But, I think the one
1: line that sums up what this movie's opinion is on everything in, in reality, if it wasn't a farce, is evil will always triumph because good is dumb. (laughs) And Rick Moranis says that.
0: I mean, obviously, the good triumphs in this movie, but it's a quote that you can use in so many different ways in your life. It's just, it's a great one to keep in your back pocket. That or I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate is another very memorable one that I, I love. And I can see your Schwartz is as big as mine. <laughs> you know, the Schwartz has an upside and a downside, and I got the downside, so it's a problem. There's two sides to every Schwartz.
1: Yeah, some other, some other references that they made to other movies is there was, like, a, a scene in a bar for no apparent reason.
0: Just they wanted to have an alien burster come out. Oh yeah, and sure. Then it was John like
1: Michigan J Frog,
0: <laughs> John Hurt repri- reprising his role from Alien with the chest bursting alien, and then yes, indeed he does the little the the Looney Tunes routine musical number. There's just a, a plethora of great little jokes in here. The Darth Dark, ooh, jeez, I almost called him Darth Vader. Dark Helmet sitting in his room playing with all of his little action figures, like so, Princess Vespa, you cannot resist my advances, that kind of stuff. Just, just real goofy stuff, uh, uh, and then gets all insecure when Colonel Sanders walks in on him, like, "God damn, don't you knock! I didn't see you playing with your toys, sir." But you had you, uh, you mentioned that one of the stipulations of George Lucas approving this film uh, had to do with the action figures, didn't it, Mike?
1: Yeah that that was uh, that was when Mel Brooks approached him. The contract was saying that yeah, um, uh, even though. Basically, yeah, I love the idea of doing a parody of Star Wars, but um, you can't have action figures because the action figures would look just like my action figures. Mm. So Lucas was against that. But apparently um, when Lucas had saw the film um, afterwards, he just loved it. He thought it was like the best parody ever.
0: Uh, Typical Mel Brooks style, this movie has a lot of just movie production jokes. You, You see it throughout the film. There are scenes where, say, Dark Helmet will push a character out of the scene when something dramatic is happening. The cameras will hit him in the face or something like that there is there is a part of the movie where they capture the good guys but it's not them it's their stunt doubles and of course princess Vespa's this dude with long hair and a big mustache and i
1: i remember the one where they're fighting with the with their Schwartzes, and then they accidentally kill a cameraman right
0: who's just off screen and it's like oops so just i mean funny stuff obviously this movie doesn't take itself seriously in the slightest and they use that to very good effect i think
1: i guess that ends our section of processing the movie if we missed any jokes or any favorite scenes or anything else that you want to talk about uh, feel free to give us feedback and we'll go ahead and talk about that later Uh, and now we're going to talk about the fate of the movie
0: Alright, so let's decide the fate of this this movie Spaceballs, the 1987 film Spaceballs. Uh, I'm just gonna, you've probably heard it in my voice, I've fairly gushed about this movie since the beginning of this podcast. It, it you know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, Spaceballs is in essence the only existing star wars parody out there i'm sure as heck not counting that stupid lame thumb wars movie that came out in the early or the late 90s i still quote this movie to this day there are you know just a number of gems that we've already touched on in this film today or in this podcast and so What can I really say? I mean, it's a great movie. It's very watchable. I'm going to get my son into Star Wars and kind of as a necessary follow-up, Spaceballs as well. It's just a a real masterpiece of comedy. And so I'm going to call this a bovinus sanctorum, sacred cow for sure. Hmm. Hmm.
1: For me, I'm leaning towards, yes, it's a sacred cow, but it's a sacred cow with qualifiers.
0: Asterisk. Um,
1: yes, and and it might not be the best way to start a podcast, yes, but you know you got to start somewhere. And the reason I'm thinking of this is that seems to me uh, Spaceballs really mm, doesn't have the context unless you've watched the Star Wars movies. You couldn't really watch it on its own. It might you might get a few of the jokes, but the jokes are entirely dependent on you know things.
0: I guess you could say that about a lot of Mel Brooks' movies. Well, it is a parody, and so the source material is, is necessary to, uh, for part that of is your understanding. A good point. That
1: is a good point. Uh, the other thing is I found it like, uh, I think as a kid I remember this, like I, I belly laughing at this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, now in my age, and it just seems to have made me smile Whereas I think like Arrested Development gave me belly laughs. And I guess I, I maybe
0: I'm holding that up into that impossible bar now or something. Perhaps, But what kind of a smile was it, Mike? Was it a, a nostalgic, wistful smile or was it just like a, eh, whatever? No, it was more, I guess it was a pleasant, yeah, that's funny, smile, you know.
1: I, I Comparing it to other, other Mel Brooks movies I've seen in the recent, I, I don't know uh, where it really stands. But I guess, yeah... It,
0: i guess i would say sacred mel, mel brooks does have some very strong offerings in his catalog i have to say but uh i i would say if you're a star wars fan or you like mel brooks or you like humor then you're going to find something that you like about this movie and i hope i've just named every single one of you out there yeah the one thing i'll take uh, take note on and this isn't
1: uh, this isn't a uh a thing against it is that uh the special effects and things are cheesy, and that is, like, definitely designed that way. Well, it couldn't show up the real deal, you right? Know? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and at the time, you know, making the effects of Star Wars, being that it was nearly a decade after the original movie came out, might not have been as expensive, but um, just going for
0: that, that whole, like, cheese sci-fi, you know. Well, they must have spent the whole budget getting that space ball! 80s song written I, I yes
1: yes so I, I guess I'll change my vote to sacred no no question
0: there's there's something to like about this movie absolutely uh, obviously to a degree dependent on nostalgia for both the source material and this movie well
1: and I've seen many comments on Twitter saying that they wish that uh, the new movie that was coming out for, for uh, the Star Wars franchise instead was Spaceballs 2 The Search for More Money <laughs> absolutely <laughs> So, all right. So what do we call this then? Final verdict?
0: Bovinus Sanctorum. Bovinus Sanctorum. All right. Sacred cow it is. I think that's a good verdict for this one. All right. And now on to our final thoughts.
1: And that ends our initial episode of the Sacred Cows podcast. We
0: hope that you guys enjoyed it uh i had fun doing it so yeah me too looking forward to doing it again good walk down memory lane i hope there's a lot more just like it so now we'd like to ask for your feedback um both feedback in
1: getting ready to record a feedback episode and we want your letters and questions and
0: other things that you'd like us to talk about, um, movie suggestions for future episodes. um yeah, we, we kind of want to know what you want to hear us talk about as opposed to what we want to talk about. So, right. You know, this, you're the listener.
1: Right. We have some ideas. Um, uh, we're working out a good recording schedule so we can get content coming your way. So the next episode will be a feedback episode if we can get any feedback. Um, by then. Otherwise otherwise, um, it's
0: just a bullshitting episode.
1: Right and we'll have some bullshitting going on no matter what um, but hey you know those feedback episodes they're going to be completely just up to you so uh, when we talk about them and do them it's going to be if you want to talk about space balls and we're three movies into something else you know it, it's fine we'll you know have a little conversation about space balls again and stuff so it's all up to you guys on those other opposite weeks.
0: We'll also let you know what movies we're going to be reviewing coming up after that. So that'll be one you want to hear so you know what to watch along with us. Alright. So now we're going
1: to tell you uh how to go ahead and get in touch with us. Uh first of all, we always welcome your ratings on the iTunes Store. Um please five star ratings if you believe we deserve it. And uh, you know, any feedback or things you'd like us to talk about Maybe in the future when we do some more voices, you know jokes you'd like to hear, whatever botched impression, yeah uh, feedback for us, just some crap as long as you leave a five star review it's fine um, <laughs> also, um, you can contact us directly on Twitter with at sacred that's at sacred pod pretty easy to remember Twitter handle. And we'll tweet back at you. Um, we also have the email address you can contact us on where we'd like you to send uh, more long form letters, questions sacredcows at herooftheweb.com. That's sacredcows at herooftheweb.com. Easy to remember. Pretty easy to remember. And that will go to both of us. So we'll have lots of time to think about our responses, and get ready for recording. Anything else
0: you'd like to talk about, Pete? I just, we'd love to hear from you. We're we're looking forward to the nostalgia. We're looking forward to watching some good movies. We're looking forward to tearing them apart if they deserve it, or just patting them on the back.
1: There we go. And, you know, I was thinking, Pete, since we just talk about space Balls, which is an obvious
0: parody of, of, of star wars it, star wars which we both you know love, love. yeah we, or we think we, we do we think we do maybe we don't <clears throat> it's been a little while since i watched it i'll admit
1: yeah yeah uh if we don't hear from you guys on what movies you like to watch next or something we'll have to pick something so i think you know maybe we should pick star wars it'd just be a natural
0: extension of the next thing to do yeah sure you know Plus, you know, uh, who knows? Uh, we could have a uh, big upset with our findings. You never do know. All right. Well,
1: uh, join us for our feedback episode. And, you know, if you guys don't give us any suggestions, maybe next time we'll talk about Star Wars. Yep, maybe. All right. Take care. Bye, everybody.